Good morning. For some of you, today is your first day here at Grace. For others, maybe a few years, and for others, many, many years. Grace brings back many memories into my life when I come here. I think of all the times that we spent here worshiping in this sanctuary, going to Sunday school, uh, going on outings, doing things with the church. Paul, when he wrote the church in Philippi, he said, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you all, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That is our heart's desire for you all. And that has been our experience every time we've been here. Now, uh, during the summertime, you all are going through the Psalms. And when I think of the Psalms, uh, one Psalm comes to mind. Psalm 71, 17 through 19. Now, when I learned this Psalm, I didn't learn it in English. Next, please. A click, that's right. This is, a, we're using high tech today, so every time you hear a uh, click, we're going to change it. So, Psalm 71 uh, comes to my mind, and this is the one I wanted to share with you this morning. As we share about our journey from uh, when I grew up here and was a little uh, toddler in, uh, in Sunday school to today, and even beyond. But I learned it in Chinese. So, if you could bear with me for a moment, can I sing to you as we go through this psalm in Chinese? Is that all right? Okay, it starts out. So, from, from my youth to the day, you have been my teacher. I will declare and proclaim your wondrous deeds. So when I'm old and gray, Lord, don't forsake me. So, Lord, allow me to teach the generations for those that will come after me your great and marvelous works. God, your righteousness is so high. You've done many great things. Who is like you, O Lord? Who is like you? Click. Okay, so from these psalms, I see three things that I want to share as we go through our story. One is that the psalms, this psalm is God-centered. 
It's his mighty deeds that he's done, his wonderful deeds that he's uh, done, his power and his might, and his God who is like no other, uncomparable. Also, it is other-focused. It's not on me. It's what God has done. And he wants what he wants to do through me to others. And then also, I, I call it dispensational, where uh, the psalmist talks about from his youth to today, from the past to the present, and then also to the future, where we want to, tr- where we want to take this message of God's greatness and share it with those that will come after us. Okay, click. All right, God has prepared us to share his word, his gospel. Click. Grace Church, you all are wonderful, awesome. From the beginning, there were three things that, uh, that God has shown me from this congregation here. One was that uh, Grace Church is a church that loves God and wants to know him better. Second is that they love others and that they, they, they love those in the community here as well as the community out there. And the third thing is that Grace Church loves the world. They love the world to send out those from this place to tell others about our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I grew up here uh, from, uh, from very young age to 20 years old. Uh, some of the times that I, I were here was not very, uh, very uh, smooth. My dad, when I was 20, he said, son, I want you to get a job or get out of the house. And so I did both. I joined the military and jumped out of airplanes for uh, several years. But that's where God got a hold of my heart was when I was in the army. When I was there, I I realized that there was one problem that I had in my life. It wasn't that I didn't know about God, because God taught me from my youth up to that point. It was an unsurrendered heart. An unsurrendered heart to God. And you'll find that those who surrender their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and to his lordship, your life will never be the same. Not that everybody's going to go on the mission field, but it will open up a new world to you. And so after the military, click, went to school, and this will take you up to present day.
1987, God called us to a people in China. Unlike any other people in China, these were a Turkish people called the Uyghur people. And when we went there, at that time there was only a handful of believers and no leaders. In 2007, we were thrown out of China because we were converting Muslims to Christians. At the time when we left China in 2007, uh, there was a, a number of uh, maybe several hundred through the work of what we were doing and through the work of our, our colleagues and other local uh, Uyghur believers. Uh, today, praise God, he has multiplied that work. God is in the job, in the business of multiplying. And today there's several thousand Uyghur believers, and we praise God for that. Next. Click. Xinjiang is a really hard place. We thought it was hard when we went there 30 years ago, but it's much more difficult now. Pray for the Uyghur believers there. The Uyghurs are, are under great pressure because um, they don't want to be Chinese. They want to leave China. And, um, and also the believers there. But pray that the Uyghur believers will be a witness and a testimony. The government knows that once a, a person becomes a believer in Jesus Christ, that their lives are changed. We had one uh, brother who told the police, said, before I became a believer in Jesus Christ, I hated Chinese. But God changed my heart. Now I don't hate Chinese anymore, but I love them. And so they know that God makes a difference in people's lives. Click. So, as I shared, we left China to go to the Philippines. And there in the Philippines, we found it was difficult. Click. In China, we lived in a place that was desert, dry, hot, and uh, not very many people around. Click. But in the Philippines, we found that it was hot and tropical and uh, volcanoes and earthquakes and tsunamis, click, and many, many people who, um, who needed to hear also the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, click. The Philippines is, is so different from any place that we've lived in. Lots of poor people living on the streets. Lots of people who need also the gospel, click. Now, I have this friend here. His name's Boji. Anybody know what Boji might stand for? It's not his real name, but this is the name we know him by. It's because of Jesus, I, what? Evangelize. God is doing a great work, not only in China, but also in the Philippines. Click. And we take the gospel, the simple gospel, and it changes people's lives. Click. And they become faithful followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. Click. And you wouldn't believe it. I've been to some big churches here, but not as big as this one in Manila, which seats over 10,000 people. God is doing a great work there. Click. Okay. So we have a story to tell. Next is that God has given us time to pass his story to others. 
There's not going to be any other time after we leave this world. This is a very special time that we have to take the gospel and to share it with others who will then carry on. Here we have a very special person in our congregation. Her name is Beverly Delagala. When I was like this high, she and her family would come to our home and share the work that they were doing in South America, translating the Bible there. And uh, she has made a big impact on our family and on my life. There are others who have been here who've spoken to my life, like the, 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 the wife of the first pastor here, who asked me to be a part of the vacation Bible study, vacation Bible school. I said, oh, okay, you know, why are you, why are you asking me to do this? But she did. And also others, uh, Neil Rendell, who asked me to be a part of um, a children's surf and sand mission back when I was 16, 17 years old. I don't know why they asked me, because at that time, I wasn't living for the Lord. But for some reason, they saw something in me. And those who have gone on before saw something and asked and gave me opportunity to be a part of what God is doing in this congregation, and also in other places. Click. Now, there is another guy here who is a, a generational passeron of the gospel. His name is Hudson Taylor. He went to China in 1852, but started the China Inland Mission in 1865. And I know his, uh, his relatives today. J. Hudson Taylor IV, who is still serving on the field in China. Also, there's uh, Hudson Taylor V now, just got married. But God is passing along in the generations. And we need to pass along the message of what God can do in a person's life. And here we see many generations, and I'm so excited to see new uh, new families, new children, and boy, what an opportunity it is to take the gospel and to pass that on to those who are going to come after, after us, like myself. So many of you have spoken into my life, and I hope that in the future I'll be able to uh, pass that on to others. Now, there's another type of generation that I want to speak to you. Click. It's this one. It's about Paul, Timothy, Passing the, the word of God, the teachings to reliable men who will then be able to pass that on. And we do this through a training we call Jonathan training, which is taking the gospel and multiplying it. So you don't have to wait 50, 60 years to pass on the message to another person or to the, to the next generation. You can do that even today. As we see, the church is not only multiplying in China, but also in the Philippines and other places in the world. And we say that when we see a third and fourth generation of, of believers, those who are passing along the word, that th something happens, that, um, that a movement begins, and that we see the gospel just spread. And this is what, one thing that we were hoping in, in Xinjiang, and that's what we're seeing. We planted the seeds, we saw some believers come, and then they went and taught others 
who went on to teach other people. And now we see that in Xinjiang there are several thousand believers because people were willing to take the gospel and pass it to others. Click. As I mentioned here, you all were doing that as well. Generational passing on of the gospel, not only to, um, to those who are coming after us, but also to those who, in our community. Click. Okay, I'm Susan's going to come up and share about this family. Um, God gives us moments where, without a doubt, he's in control. And I just wanted to share one of those stories. Um, I was in October, I was in, on my way to Indonesia on a bus with nobody else that I knew. And, and I was uh, sharing with the girl next to me about being out in, uh, in, with the Uyghurs. And a girl in front of me stood, or turned around to me and said, I think I had lunch at your house one day in Hotan. And I said, really? <laughs> and um, sure enough, she had had lunch with us. But the neat thing was that she continues to meet regularly with Gulnar, who is in this picture. Now, there's somebody very important missing in this picture. His name is Alim. Some of you have been praying for him. He's been in jail for the past 10 years. Um, and Gulnar has raised the boys on her own for the past 10 years. He... Um, uh, was uh, taken in and um, given a 15-year sentence, and 10 years of that has gone by. But this girl that I met on that bus, she meets regularly with Gulnar. And I couldn't believe that, because we can't contact Gulnar. They, they, would, they would not, I mean, we, it would be, it's too dangerous for us to contact her with a phone call, even on WeChat, the social media that they use. But this girl that I met on this bus, uh, has times to disciple her. And she shared a story with me that Gulner gets to go meet uh, Alim once a month. But lots of times they don't uh, let her go see him. So usually it only happens about once every three months. And she's given 15 minutes to meet with Alim. And so she, she shared with me that Gulner says, I, I, I prepare myself every time I go in to, to be encouragement to him. She'll memorize scripture, and she'll just thinks, how can I be an encouragement for him for 15 minutes? And her testimony is that every time she goes in, when she comes out, she's the one that's been encouraged. So keep praying for Alim. You know, he's got five more years unless he's released early. And we're praying that he, he's in, in jail with a lot of radical Muslims, and probably safer than if he was out sharing with them. So pray for him. Pray for what God's going to do uh, in China through his testimony. Click. Another friend of ours, uh, Osman, he also was taken in when Alem went in, but he was released after two years. However, just recently, the last month, he's been taken in again, and nobody's heard anything from him. So he has a wife. His two daughters are teenagers now, so this is an old picture. So continue to remember Osman and... and um, yeah, pray for him. Click. <laughs> All right, so God places people in difficult places, but in order that the church might prosper and that people will hear the gospel. And in, in the Philippines, our goal there was to train Chinese to go back into China to multiply the church. We also mentored them there in the Philippines, and after two months, we sent them back to China 
where we now have a number of, of trainers who are now using uh, the church planning methods that we have uh, learned over the years, and now they're doing that in China. So we ask again to pray for uh, people like Paul and May who are, who are taking the gospel to those in China. China is, is becoming rapidly a, uh, many Christians there. So pray for China that they are, uh, will continue to grow and they'll be bold in their faith, that they'll take the gospel to their own people as well as to others. Click. So they're taking the gospel to others. They're taking the gospel from China and they have a heart to take it to those who are outside of China. And this movement is called the Back to Jerusalem movement where they want to take the gospel along the Silk Road back to, uh, to the Middle East. And so, uh, so that's what we are now in, engaged in. We're helping and working with and partnering with the Chinese church as they seek to uh, go cross-culture to, to share the gospel, gospel with other people in other cultures. Click. Okay, for the past three years, we've been training uh, Chinese to go uh, cross-culturally and be effective to uh, share the gospel. And from, the, from our training, they go out to all other places in the world. Uh, we've been doing that training in the Philippines, um, but we, we've noticed that the, the, church, the networks and the churches in China are not really willing to send people to the Philippines for training. They've sent people, but not, uh, not as many as... as as they could. And so as we began to get to know the networks, we found out, uh, click, that there's three major places that the networks in China want to send people in the world today. Click. The Arabic world. Click. The Persian world. Click. The Turkic world. And so, we've been asked to go uh, to help them, probably in one of these places. And as you know, we've been working with the Uyghurs, so most likely it would be in the Turkic world, because that's where we have more experience. So, we need to move out of the Philippines. We don't uh, know exactly when we'll be going to some of these places, but it's for sure that the training's not going to happen in the Philippines. Click. So... It's clearance time as soon as we get back to the Philippines. We go back on Tuesday next week, and we'll be getting rid of everything that we have there. So you can remember us in that way. <laughs> um, click. 
We have to travel light. Uh, we'll be getting down just to our suitcase, and that's it. We don't know for, uh, yeah, for how long. So pray for us as we do that. Click. So as, we're, as they're thinking about how to set up trainings in these three major places, they've temporarily asked us to go to Nepal. In Nepal, the Chinese churches have already placed 30 uh, cross-cultural workers. Some of them have been there four months. Some of them have been there up to eight years. But there's a, there's a problem in that a lot of them have not uh, had the time or spent the time in learning the language and the culture. So that's where Dave and I really come in with our training to be able to help them get a love for the language and the culture so that they can share with the unreached people that they went there. Lots of times they'll end up sharing with other Chinese that are there, which is good, but they could also do that in China. So we really want them to continue to focus on the unreached people of Nepal. So that's what we'll be doing uh, for our first uh, mission in, when we go back. We're going there in the beginning of September. But we're not going alone. Click. We have Monica. She's uh, on the left. She's uh, been in the Philippines for over 10 years working with uh, rural Filipinos uh, reaching the gospel for them. So she's going with us to Nepal. She has a lot of experience. And Eliza is Filipino. She's also uh, really has a heart for uh, training the Chinese and for going into the unreached people groups. So we'll go as a team. So please pray for us as we'll be going soon. Click. And this last, um, or this lady here is Jane. She's been pro our very best cross-cultural worker out of all the people we've trained in the last three years. And when I first met Jane, uh, she was in her late 20s, and she uh, said, I have two goals uh, in life. One is... I want to have seven kids. <laughs> I want to have one kid for each continent to go to share the gospel to that continent. <laughs> and the second one was she wanted to go to Africa and be a missionary. And so we've been training her for two and a half years, and God is opening the door for her to go to Africa. When they told her, uh, Jane, you, you, there's this opportunity in Kenya, North Kenya, up where the Muslims are. Uh, we want you to go there and check it out and see, see, if, see if this is a good fit for you. And she said, just buy me a one-way ticket. <laughs> so pray for Jane. She's going to be leaving in September to go out to uh, yeah. click. <laughs> so we've come to the end, almost, of our time here. And God is doing a great thing. We serve an awesome God of the Father's love begotten before the worlds began. He is the Alpha and the Omega the source and the end. O ye heights of heaven, adore him. Hosts of angels sings his praise. Powers and dominion bow before him, extol our Lord and King. Let no tongue on earth be silent. Every voice in praises ring forever and ever. Click. Yeah, Habakkuk in 2.14 says, for the earth, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Click. And Paul, uh, now David exclaims that um, all, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow before him. 
For dominion belongs to him. He is king over the nations. And that will happen one day. Click. So, from Paul to Hudson Taylor to us to you, we are now part of what God is doing in this world. And he calls us to partner with him. And we have the pleasure of doing that and the joy of doing that. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that we have here to share a little bit about what you've done in our lives and, and what you plan to do. We thank you that you have sent us out uh, through Grace Church that we might take the gospel to those who've never heard. We thank you that they are training and that they are mentoring and that they are discipling people here to do that. And they continue to do this. So we thank you and give you the praise and thanks for all that you have done. And uh, we will trust you for all that is to come. Amen.